Liberal Democrat Senator Exhibit A for Do As I Say, Not As I Do When It Comes to Racial Equality. The Wuhan Virus Lab Con is up, and the man behind gain-of-function evil experimentation is exposed and fired. And $5.8 billion in taxpayer bailouts later, American Airlines is screwing passengers nonstop. This is Bold Alpha. I'm getting so tired of these holier-than-thou Democrats screaming racism, everybody's a racist, everybody's a xenophobe, everybody's homophobic. Well, truth be told, they should look in the mirror. Greetings and salutations from Command Center Alpha. It is your five-star global general, Alpha Male in Chief, Alpha Dave, and I welcome you to Bold Alpha, your destination for Alpha Male lifestyle conversation and unabashed commentary. Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Nicaraguan series, loaded with all Nicaraguan leaf from the renowned Aganorsa Farms, the Gurkha Nicaraguan series is the fullest bodied cigar in the Gurkha portfolio. Peppery, spicy, and rich while maintaining absolute smoothness. Add the Gurkha Nicaraguan series to your humidor. Visit GurkhaCigars.com and buy Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho Corojo, built with authentic Honduran Corojo to deliver a bold experience for those that defy the status quo. Prepare for the intensity with Camacho Corojo. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Well, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, you'll recall him from his vicious attacks on justice, well, at the time, he was a appointed Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He was not uh, confirmed yet. He was the nominee. And you'll recall that White House went after him for nonsense when, when Kavanaugh was 16 because, whoa, they drank beer. And they made all sorts of, uh, all sorts of various comments that 16-year-old boys do. And, of course, Sheldon Whitehouse went after him mercilessly. Now, White House is, by the way, just the mere fact that the man's name is White House, I believe that could be racial. That could be racially insensitive. That shows white privilege because there's white in his name, white supremacy. I'm surprised Democrats haven't made a big deal out of that. But Sheldon Whitehouse who is the guy, very ultra-liberal Democrat from Rhode Island, who basically states on a regular basis that Republicans are racist, that Republicans are evil, that Republicans are, you know, hate every minority group, and that he's the most, one of the most liberal members of the Senate, and he's extremely vociferous on racial equity. In fact, in a statement... Earlier this month, commemorating the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre, Sheldon Whitehouse said, We must remember the lives and livelihoods lost in that horror and continue to strive towards racial justice. Well, remember about one thing about Democrats. It's always about do as I say, not as I do. Exhibit A, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, he was interviewed earlier this week by Go Local Prov, as he was in Providence, and again, biggest city in Rhode Island is Providence, not a big state, and they nailed him on something that, an issue that had been raised four years ago in 2017, his membership in an exclusive all-white beach club, the Bailey Beach Club in Newport, Rhode Island. He was cornered he was very flustered, didn't know what to say. Take a listen to the entire interview. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? 
I think the people who are running the place are still working on that, and I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Um, do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously it's been four years. You had remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Um, your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club, again, in this day and age, um, you know, should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. Thank you. So what he said is it's a long tradition. Racism in Rhode Island and other clubs, all white clubs, is perfectly acceptable. That's exactly what he said. Now, four years ago in 2017, he said that they had to work on the issue then. But four years later, they're still working on the issue. How long does it take to work on an issue? It takes three minutes. You get a board meeting of the board of directors of the exclusive all-white Bailey Beach Club in Newport, Rhode Island, and say it is time for us to allow members of other ethnic groups besides whites, blacks, Indians, Asians. I don't know if they discriminate against certain religions, but if that's the case, all you have to do is take make a motion at the board meeting. That's it. All in favor, say aye. Aye. All opposed, nay. Very simple. It doesn't even take you three minutes. It takes you less than one minute. It is very simple. But yet, the people running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened, and it's a long tradition. Here's a little fact. Sheldon Whitehouse was the third largest owner, shareholder, of the all-white Bailey Beach Club in Newport, Rhode Island. Well, when he got nailed on the issue four years ago, He sold his share or transferred his ownership to his wife. How convenient. Transferred ownership to his wife, who is now the third largest shareholder. And as the third largest shareholder, who I'm sure sits on the board, could easily say it is long past due that we allow people of color, other religions, other ethnicities to join our all-white beach club. Has she made the motion? No, because had she done so, and the board done so, it would have passed. There is absolutely no doubt about it. In fact, that was the phone ringing from the board of directors saying, hey, listen, we're going to talk about it. No, actually, I don't think there is any way, shape, or form that they're ever going to discuss that. They will dance around the issue. They will say, oh, no, no, we're inclusive. We want to absolutely look at the issue. They'll always look at the issue. But they'll still remain discriminatory. Now, isn't it amazing? This is the senator who belongs to a party that constantly screams racism. Republicans are racist. Republicans are for voter suppression. Republicans hate black people. Republicans want to keep blacks down. They always never look in their own mirrors. They are the racists. Now, You would think that other Democrats, after this is being exposed, now you know that if this was President Trump, who was a member or his club wouldn't allow blacks or any other races or religions, you know what would happen. This would be on every single newspaper, the lamestream, libstream media, every network, CBS, NBC, ABC, the Crap News Network, BSNBC. It would be wall-to-wall. The president is a racist. His kids belong to the same club. They're all racist. They hate blacks. But when a Democrat does that, the reaction is not even muted. It is non-existent. Non-existent. So exactly what did members, the lib stream media do, or people that are big Dems, what did they do? They deflected. They do what they always do. Instead of saying, Senator Whitehouse should absolutely, absolutely go after that terrible, abhorrent practice. And he should absolutely be at the forefront, considering his wife is the third largest shareholder, In reality, he's still the third largest shareholder. He just transferred the shares to his wife. We know that's a big con. And all he would have had to do is say, this is abhorrent, and I thank you for bringing it to my attention, and I'm going to immediately make a motion that at the next board meeting we get this changed. They're not going to make any motion. It's been four years. 
Now, if a Republican, if a Democrat, if a member of the Libstream media cornered any Republican senator that belonged to an all-white club, you would not hear the end of it. It would be nonstop. It would be incessant. It would be 24-7. See, Republicans hate blacks. But yet, when it's a, a Democrat, they get the special treatment. Because Sheldon Whitehouse, the people that are running the place, excuse me, you're part of the people that are running the place. You're a member. You're a shareholder. You can tell me your wife's the shareholder, but we all know the truth. He's sorry that it hasn't happened. Well, not sorry enough, because four or five years ago when it was first brought up, he could have easily brought the issue up at a board meeting and said, we need to change our policies. And then he says it's a long tradition in Rhode Island. Let me translate. Racism against blacks and all white clubs is a long tradition. Now, I wonder if somebody from the South from Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, said, well, we've got our all-white beach clubs here, but it's a tradition that we don't allow blacks and other minorities. What do you think the Libstream media would do? You know what they'd do. They'd be jumping up and down going crazy. But yet, his lame answers basically earned no coverage on any of the Libstream media until today. Now they had no choice. They had to start giving it coverage, even though they're bearing it. If a Republican senator, a Republican member of Congress, a Republican president, Republican vice president, Republican cabinet member was a member of an all-white club, you can damn better be sure the Libstream media would be in, and the Dems would be in full attack mode 24-7, 365. But what do the liberal journalists, here's one, Amy Vanderpool, what does she say? She said, this isn't about an exclusive Beach Club membership. It's about Mitch McConnell trying to stop Sheldon Whitehouse's bill to ban dark money from politics. So here's the old Democrat playbook. Defend him and deflect the story. Instead of coming out saying, racism in any form is unacceptable, Senator Whitehouse should absolutely either resign or get the policy of the club changed. No. Instead, Mitch McConnell's fault, because he's, deflect, he, he's, he's, he's trying to deflect, he's trying to stop White House's bill about dark money in politics. So now it's Mitch McConnell's fault that Sheldon White, White House's family has belonged to a restrictive racist club for years, that he was a majority shareholder of, the third largest shareholder for many years, now his wife is. Here's someone else. The GOP could care less that Sheldon Whitehouse belongs to a beach club similar to clubs in which most Republicans have membership. They only care about his fight to end dark money buying elections and our legislators vote. So if he belongs to a club whose membership is limited to white people, that's okay because he continues to attack Republicans. And he's going after dark money and he is, he is a noted liberal that goes after Republicans at any turn. This is the flawed logic that these Democrats have. They can never be honest. They can never come out and say, look, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. We believe in racial equality. And Senator Whitehouse is not living up to that ideal that we as Democrats believe in, and we condemn him, and we urge him to resign, or we urge him to get it changed. Have you seen Al Sharpton stand up? Have you seen Jesse Jackson stand up? Have you seen any of the black anchors on BSDNC stand up and say, Senator Whitehouse's membership in an all-white club is unacceptable. It is racism in the 21st century. Not one sound, not one peep, not one mention, not one lick. And it just goes to show you that whenever the Democrats scream racism, scream homophobia, scream xenophobia. They're full of bullshit. And when will Republicans wake up and not take the bait and look and say, you know, apply the same standard to your fellow Democrats. But they never will because the Mitt Romneys, the Liz Cheneys, the Lisa Murkowskis are all nadless, rhino, spineless pussies. The first sight that a member of the Libstream media attacks them Instead of standing up for themselves, nope, they just roll over and play dead. Now look at White House. 
He basically answered the questions horribly. If he were Republican answering those questions that way, it would be wall-to-wall on CNN, MSNBC, Washington Compost, New York Slime. Every liberal on Twitter, on Facebook would be going nuts. They would be going crazy. But instead, not a peep. So next time a Democrat points at a Republican and says, you're racist, just point back to White House, Sheldon Whitehouse, and all the other real true racists in the Democrat Party. And remember, the Democrat Party is the party of the KKK. They were the party that fought civil rights laws and legislation in the 1960s. Don't be fooled. They don't want blacks to know the true history of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party, and when I hear about systemic racism, the Democrat Party ran this country for over 100 years before the Republicans really came to power in the 90s with the big wave with Newt Gingrich. For over 100 years, they controlled the House, the Senate, the the, uh, White House for many, many years. Republicans had nothing to do with that. But it was the Democrats who created the Jim Crow laws. It was the Demo- and, and sustained the Jim Crow laws. It was the Democrats that were the most vile, evil racists throughout the years that they were in power. And people will tell you with revisionist history, oh, all those Democrats, they, they, they turned and became Republicans. Wrong. I think there was one, Strom Thurmond. That was it. They all were racist. Democrats. Remember uh, Governor George Wallace of Alabama? Segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. He was a Democrat. Make no mistake, he was a Democrat. But everybody has revisionist history. They forget about the fact that the KKK was created as the militant wing of the Democrat Party. It was the Republicans that fought to end slavery. The Republicans that emancipated the slaves. The Republicans that passed civil rights legislation. President Johnson couldn't get his fellow Democrats to get civil rights legislation passed. So he went to Republicans, and they got it passed. So please, next time a Democrat yells racism, it's about time the Republicans stand up with a big set of giant titanium nads and say, no, the Democrat Party is the party of racists. And the question for all you black members of the Democrat Party and black commentators that are members of the Democrat Party is, why are you a member of a party that has kept you down for over 100 years? Why are you a member of a party that refused to end segregation and refused to endorse the civil rights legislation? Why are you a member of a party that has a racist like Sheldon Whitehouse, senator from Rhode Island, that to this day belongs to an all-white club? He hates blacks. That's why he won't allow them in. So why are you getting in bed with a known racist? Answer those questions. Ask them and answer them, and you won't hear anything. They'll give you cock-and-bull stories about, oh, no, no, it was Republicans But take a look at all the Democrat-run cities that are controlled by black mayors. And you tell me, if there is voter suppression, if there is white privilege, Republican privilege, it ain't happening in Chicago. It's not happening in Detroit. It's not happening in Buffalo. It's not happening in Cleveland. It's not happening in Baltimore. It's not happening in Pittsburgh. And you can go on, go on and on and on and take a look at all the cities controlled by Democrats and black mayors. If there is voter suppression, it's caused by the Democrats. If there is systemic racism, look into the Democrats. Look into the black Democrats. And why is it that when 90-plus percent of black families want to send their kids to the school of their choice with a voucher, to a charter school, a private school. They favor vouchers 92-93%. Yet who are the people that are opposing it? It's not the Republicans. It's not the white Republicans. They're in favor of it. It's the Democrats. It's the black Democrats. It is the Jesse Jacksons. It is the Al Sharptons. You tell me, who is keeping their own people down? The white Republicans? or the Democrats, including the black Democrats? The answer is simple. 
It's not the Republicans. And it's time for the Republicans to grow a set and point this out. And it just shows you how fraudulent and how phony the libstream media has become. That they can't even be honest enough to call out Sheldon Whitehouse when it's exposed that he is still a member of an all-white beach club. Shame on White House and shame on the Libstream media who jump up and down at racial equality, including the blacks that are part of the Libstream media, and yet, when they have an opportunity to call it out, crickets, nowhere to be found. It is disgusting, it is revolting, and it is unacceptable. If you are looking to add a full-flavored cigar to your portfolio of cigars to enjoy, I've got the perfect selection for you. The Gurkha Nicaraguan Series. It is loaded with Nicaraguan leaf from the renowned Aganorsa Farms in Nicaragua. The Gurkha Nicaraguan Series features a Corojo 99 Nicaraguan wrapper, dual Corojo 99 binders, and Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 long fillers. The result, a super full-flavored cigar with loads of pepper, loads of spice, very rich, while maintaining absolute smoothness the entire time. Try the Gurkha Nicaraguan series. Add it to your portfolio. Add it to your humidor. You will be in for a super Nicaraguan Puro Cigar Treat. Gurkha, the world's finest cigars. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Well, I have said all along, we need to investigate the Wuhan Virology Laboratory. We need to investigate Peter Deshik, who who runs the New York-based EcoHealth Alliance. We need to investigate Francis Collins, the head of the National Institutes of Health. And we need to investigate Phony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Phony Fauci, who for the last 15 months has said, I really don't believe that there's any evidence whatsoever that the, the, the COVID-19 virus originated from a lab. It's a zoological transfer, possibly from a wet market or from a bat or from some, some other animal. When he full well knew, he was lying right through his teeth. And Peter Daszak is the intermediary. This is all part of a giant cabal. You had Francis Collins at the NIH, and you have Phony Fauci. They have both endorsed gain-of-function research. Now, I'm sure you've heard gain-of-function in the news. You've been hearing it from me for the last 15 months. What is gain-of-function? You essentially take an existing virus. You hunt for viruses. You take a virus from a bat that could be really have no effect on humans whatsoever. Maybe totally irrelevant to a human. It it had no effect. If a human contracts it, it has no effect. And that's the case for many viruses that are out there that affect animals but don't affect humans. But what you do is you go, you hunt for a virus, and then you weaponize it. You try to make it a, I really, what I say is this is a, 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 a Jekyll and Hyde type experiment, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where you take a really a pretty much a dormant virus, a virus that wouldn't have any major effect on humans, and then you get into a laboratory and you supercharge it. You create it so it goes from being docile and really not affecting humans to being extremely infectious to being extremely dangerous, extremely deadly, extremely extremely contagious. And that's exactly what took place in laboratories at, with Dr. Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and at a, a research lab in Texas. I think it's in Corpus Christi, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. And under President Obama, his National Security Council deemed it so dangerous that they shut it down. They cut Fauci's balls off, and they said, no more. No more research here in the United States. So what did Fauci do instead of saying, okay, we're going to cut it. That's it. He found a loophole. So while the NIH didn't directly fund gain-of-function research anymore in the United States, they found a willing intermediary, Peter Dushik, president of the New York-based EcoHealth Alliance 
which essentially goes out and funds gain-of-function research. What they do is they received millions of dollars from the NIH and from other groups across the world, and they funnel that money into gain-of-function research, including gain-of-function research on bat viruses in the Wuhan Virology Institute laboratory. Dangerous stuff. Essentially, you are creating a man-made bioweapon, a man-made weapon in the wrong hands that can be used for terrorist purposes. A weapon that was created in the Chinese Wuhan laboratory that escaped, whether it was on purpose or accidental, we don't know, but it's irrelevant because it should have never been experimented. It should have never been manipulated in the first place. That's number one. And number two, when the Chinese Communist Party government knew they had a tremendously infectious virus on their hands, instead of telling the world and shutting down travel to the rest of the world, they figured, hey, if we're going to suffer, let's let the rest of the world suffer too. And they spread it to the rest of the world. They could have shut it down. They could have voluntarily shut all flights like they shut all the travel from Wuhan and Wubei province, but they didn't. They allowed international flights to continue. They allowed the virus to seed across the world to create unprecedented death, not only to humans, but death to economies and people's businesses and livelihoods around the world. That is the Chinese Communist Party. And then when the rest of the world was reeling and they sucked up all the personal protective gear, they sold all that shit back to the rest of the world at inflated prices. They got all their factories producing hand sanitizer and masks and gowns that they could sell back to the U.S. at huge inflated prices. Nice neighbor to the world, right? I hate the Chinese Communist Party. I don't hate the Chinese people, but there are a million members of the CCP out of 1.2 million China correction, 1.2 billion Chinese citizens, and they are the ones that are evil. And of the million, you're probably looking at a couple of thousand that are really bad news, starting from Xi Jinping and his other minions. So Peter Daszak, starting 15 months ago, and Fauci, they knew exactly what was going on. This was a gain-of-function man-made virus. Now, you would ask yourself, why would you do that? Why would you take a docile virus from a bat, and why would you supercharge it? Why would you essentially make it deadly, take it from a very docile virus that didn't affect humans to make it a deadly virus? Why would you do that? Well, the answer that Dashik and that Fauci always give is that it's important that we do research to see what these viruses could become, that if they were to transfer to humans and to other mammals, that if we experiment on them, then we could then be prepared for a pandemic and have vaccines ready. No, 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 no. That is blatant bull. Because we didn't have vaccines ready immediately. What they wanted to do is to create very dangerous, very deadly viruses so that they could then have a, have a vaccine developed, and they could cash in on the virus. Why else would you do gain-of-function research? If you know that there is a virus, and again, you're a doctor, Dr. Phony Fauci. When you are a doctor, you take the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. Well, by creating a gain-of-function virus, you've taken a virus that does no harm to now not only doing harm, but murdering and killing people. Yet, phony Fauci and Dashik for 15 months swore up and down when people said, hey, there are signs pointing that this could be a gain-of-function manipulated bat virus. They swore up and down. 15 months. Not true. It's a conspiracy. And in fact, Peter Dashik was one of the people that made sure that there was a letter signed by, I think, 23 different scientists denouncing lab leak theories as conspiracies. In fact, it was in The Lancet, February of 2020. Open letter published saying, and I've got the quote here, we stand together 
to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. Conspiracy theories do nothing but create fear, rumors, and prejudice that jeopardize our global collaboration in the fight against this virus. All the 23 signatories, including Phony Fauci, including Peter Daszak, were all in on the con. The con that totally took the world. They knew from day one, and now emails are proving it from Phony Fauci. They knew this was a gain-of-function experiment that was released from the lab, and they were trying to cover themselves. CYA, cover your ass. They were CTA, covering their asses. That's exactly what they were doing. And the Libstream media was more than happy to be fully a full accomplice to the cover-up. Why? Because President Trump early on said this could very well have come and been released from the Wuhan lab. Do the math. Starts in Wuhan. There's a Wuhan level four lab, which, by the way, is noted for massive, massive security failures, breaches. The French had concerns. They built the lab. They had major concerns. Chinese Communist Party knew there were problems. They did nothing. So Dashik, other scientists, 22, 23 other scientists, put out a letter not based on science, but nothing more than a political document to destroy people suggesting it came from the lab. Trump was right from the beginning. Because had they acknowledged that Trump was correct, the entire narrative of the Wuhan virus would have changed. Donald Trump would have been right to say, this is the Chinese virus, the Wuhan virus. But instead, we had Joe Biden and other people saying, it's xenophobic to call it that. It's racist to call it that. You had Americans blaming President Trump instead of show, putting the blame right where it belonged, to the Chinese Wuhan lab, to Peter Daszak, and to phony Fauci and Francis Collins at the NIH. They were all complicit. The Libstream media was complicit. Anytime the Libstream media says, well, we're the, you know, we have journalistic standards and integrity, and we, we have very important ideals to live to, they are full of nonsense. They are full of poppycock. They are blatantly lying to you. They have become nothing more than political organizations. And by the way, when you take a look at ABC, who owns ABC? Disney. When you look at who owns NBC? It's Comcast Universal. Those companies do massive amounts of business in China, between theme parks and movies. In fact, their biggest market now for movies is China, and they're more than happy to accommodate the CCP's request on making changes. They don't want to offend the Chinese Communist Party, yet they have no problem going after our own administration and our own president at the time. Blatantly lying. No problem with that. But they have absolute... They're more than happy to lay out the silver platter for the evil, ruthless Chinese Communist Party. Now, this was published in The Lancet, a scientific medical publication that's been around, I think, for 125, 135 years. Very well respected. In fact, for the first time ever, The Lancet made a presidential endorsement last year. First time in their 130-plus year history. They endorsed Joe Biden saying that Donald Trump didn't handle the crisis, and Donald Trump trying to lay blame. Now the Lancet looks like a bunch of horses' asses. And the latest now is that the Lancet Journal has changed their statement on the source of the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. What is interesting is one of the other signatories, Dr. Peter Police, a microbiologist at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York, signed the letter in The Lancet, February of 2020, claiming the virus could only have been natural in origin and to suggest otherwise would create fear, rumors, and prejudice. So this letter by Dashik was nothing more to bully those people who had a different theory that it was not coming from a natural source, that it could have leaked from the lab, and it could have been man-made. They went after everyone. President Trump, they went after anybody in government, any senator, any member of the press, any person, any public figure that said, you know, maybe this 
could have originated from a, a, a lab because of a man-made experiment. They went after them mercilessly for 16 months. Well, 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 what do you know? Pres- a professor police, that's spelled P-A-L-E-S-E, police, made a big U-turn. He has now stated, I believe a thorough investigation about the origin of the COVID-19 virus is needed. A lot of disturbing information has surfaced since the Lancet letter I signed, so I want to see answers covering all questions. Well, well, the man that said that the virus could only have been natural in origin to suggest otherwise would create fear, rumors, and prejudice, now says, yep, there's a lot of new disturbing information that's come around since I signed the letter. I want to see answers covering all the questions, and we need a thorough investigation. Now, he was asked, he was asked, how he was originally approached to sign the letter, he wouldn't stay. Wouldn't state it. I'll tell you why. Because I'm sure Dashik or Phony Fauci came to him and said, you need to sign this letter. And they, again, went along with the con. Well, now, what do you know? Dashik, who was part of a group of scientists who late this past January traveled to the Wuhan lab on behalf of the World Health Organization to explore how the virus originated. In fact, the, his trip was documented by 60 Minutes. They did a big report on it. And the report came out that he helped author described animals as the most likely source of the pandemic. And he said that suggestions that the virus leaked from any of the labs in Wuhan were dismissed as extremely unlikely. Now, how long did they spend in the Wuhan lab? A total of three hours. They weren't given access to all the documentation, and they weren't allowed to see all the books on experiments. And remember, they have 30,000 different uh, bat viruses harvested in that lab. Talk about dangerous. Talk about bioweapons. Well, what do you know? Now the Lancet. The Lancet has reversed their statement on COVID, the statement that they said that most likely came from an animal source. And in fact, they have now pulled that letter and stated that the letter that was originated by those 20 or 23 scientists, now there are major questions. And we refute, we now pull any suggestion that it was now strictly just from an animal. Well, what do you know about that? Isn't it amazing? Now the Lancet looks like a bunch of horses' asses. By the way, there were 27, not 30. 27 public health experts. And here is the latest, that there is now a commission that is investigating, further investigating the Wuhan, by the United Nations, the Wuhan lab and the source of the virus. And Peter Daszak was on that. He has been fired today, gone, removed, removed from the COVID commission following the fact that he had major conflicts of interest, that now the evidence is overwhelming that he supported gain-of-function research, and he knew it, and he lied about it. So now, phony, or correction, phony Dashik too, Peter Dashik fired. He is now recused from the COVID commission work. Uh, Not recused, he said he's recused, he was fired. Absolutely fired. So who looks like he's correct all along about the source of the virus, that it was gain of function, and that there are therapeutics available, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, that actually work? Oh, that would be the 45th president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump. Correct all along. But yet, do you think you'll hear an apology from the Libstream media? No. What they're saying now is, oh, new evidence has come to light. Phony Fauci has been making the rounds on all the Libstream-friendly media. He appeared on Kara Swisher's podcast, and she is with Recode, and very ultra-liberal, big, big liberal, good buddies with Mark Zuckerberg, trying to, he's trying to state his case that, no, that, that things change along the way, and that if you attack, if you attack me, attack, attacking science. Now he's talking in the third person. No. We are, we're attacking junk science, which is exactly what phony Fauci was peddling since day one. Junk science. Wasn't real science. 
He flip-flopped on masks. He flip-flopped on the fact that it wasn't contagious. Then he flip-flopped on the fact that it was contagious. Then he flip-flopped now on not needing masks, then needing more masks. He flip-flopped that it was for 15, 16 months. There's no evidence to suggest this was this was a, a, a lab accident. This was a this was a zoonotic, uh, an animal virus that 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 jumped to humans. No, sir. Wrong. Incorrect. Dashik now is disgraced. You will see now he probably gets whacked from the Eco Health Alliance. It's all going to come out. Mark my words. I don't care how much the White House backs Fauci and say he's got our vote of confidence how many times have you heard a head coach or a general manager of a sports team give a player a vote of confidence and the next thing you know they're traded they're cut they're not re-signed or an owner give a general manager or a head coach a vote of confidence saying nope so and so Joe Schmo is my man he is my man he's going to be the coach of this team and two weeks later boom gets whacked happens all the time means nothing I think phony Fauci knows between the release of the emails the fact that the con of the gain-of-function research has been exposed, the fact that he knew and he was complicit in this virus, we wouldn't have had a pandemic if there was no gain-of-function uh, research. We know that to be fact. So therefore, my prediction, my firm belief, is that phony Fauci will be fired, terminated, retired within 60 days by the beginning of september i believe he will be gone the evidence will be overwhelming the white house they're not going to take the sword for him are you kidding he'll be gone and my firm belief is there should be an absolute criminal investigation into peter dashik and to phony fauci and anthony or correction francis collins of the nih for crimes against humanity, the crime that they funded gain of dangerous gain-of-function research when it was prohibited in the United States under the Obama administration, and Fauci slipped it back in that they could still fund it back in 2017. He got it through the Trump White House for a, with a very low-level staffer. President had no clue. Members of the cabinet had no clue. He was very sly. He should be criminally charged for crimes against humanity. Further, he knew that therapeutics, including hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine, were effective. How do we know this? Because as I stated well over a year ago on this Bold Alpha podcast, that Fauci was aware of a, uh, an article, a research article in Virology Journal that the NIH publishes in August of 2005 stating that chloroquine is effective to, as in a therapeutic, to essentially destroy the SARS-1 virus. Now, COVID-19 is known, I think, as the COVID-SARS-2 virus. It shares 94% of the common RNA with the SARS-1. That's why it's been effective when used early on before the viral load explodes in combination with zinc and azithromycin. Ivermectin as well has been effective. It was in his own journal. Big article. If I found it, and I'm not a virologist, then he should have been able to find it. I'm sure he reads it every month. Knew full well what was going on. But we always hear that Dr. Fauci is so esteemed. The man is so respected. When was the last time Dr. Phony Fauci ever saw a patient? 45 years ago? He's a bureaucrat. He's a government bureaucrat. He is a Democrat. That is well known. Big buddies with Hillary Clinton and the Clintons. I'm sure he had it out for Trump because Trump was exposing Fauci. Trump was exposing his flip-flops, his lack of the fact that he was disingenuous with the how the virus was created. The fact that hydroxychloroquine he knew was effective. And by the way, all the physicians on the front line were essentially fending for themselves in treating 
the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus. I don't recall phony Fauci ever saying, look, we ought to try this. We ought to try hydroxychloroquine. And, and we're getting reports from physicians that if you give it early, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, zinc, azithromycin, and anti-inflammatory are very effective. He never came out and said that. Meanwhile, thousands and thousands of doctors on the front line that actually were treating patients in a clinical setting and getting good results were reporting this, and yet Fauci disses them, Fauci dismisses them, Fauci says there's no evidence we need triple and quadruple blind trials when he full well knew that it worked. But why did he not promote hydroxychloroquine, zinc and azithromycin or ivermectin, which cost maybe 30, 40 bucks tops, even if your insurance doesn't cover it? Why didn't he promote that? Because he invested 76 million of taxpayer dollars in a drug that, an experimental drug that costs 3,000 a dose, remvesidir, that has to be administered in a hospital. And by the way, now they're finding it ain't so great, not working so well. $76 million bust. Fauci has lied all along. He should be tried by a world court. He, Francis Collins, Peter Daszak, I believe they should be found guilty. And for whatever the penalty is for crimes against humanity, they should suffer that penalty. Whether it's life in prison, whether it is execution, whatever the penalty. During World War II, crimes against humanity, you know what the penalty was, don't you? They whacked you. Simple. Fauci is responsible for 600,000 American deaths. Peter Daszak and, and phony Fauci are responsible for millions more around the world. This virus was harmless to humans until it was energized and magnified to become essentially a super spreader, to become a super mega killer virus. Those are the facts. It's all coming out. Fauci, Collins, Daszak, the con is up. I've been stating it for 15 months. The Libstream media has been complicit. Big Tech has been complicit in hiding this. And so have the Democrats and the Democrat Party. Enough is enough. Mark my words, the Democrats will only fall on the sword to a short, small degree. When they've had enough of Fauci and all the emails are, have been fully redacted, when all the evidence comes out, mark my words, Fauci will get whacked. The White House will not protect him. He'll be gone, and he should lawyer up because he should absolutely stand trial for crimes against humanity. For six decades, Camacho has been working hard to build the best damn cigars around, perfecting, preserving the authentic Corojo seed that's the foundation of the Camacho blends. They talk about strength and character, and that is in Camacho's DNA. And so is the Camacho Corojo Cigar. Complex, flavorful, no compromises. It is bold, it is rich, it is tasty. And it's built using wrapper, binder, and filler that is grown and harvested in the legendary Hamastron Valley in Honduras. A fifth priming wrapper, deep, dark, rich, Three primings in the filler. What you get is a cigar strikingly dark in appearance. Camacho Corojo makes a statement with intensity that's backed up by cedar and earthy notes. A bold experience for those that defy the status quo. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Before we get to our final item up for bids on the bold alpha prices right here, let me tell you about the Cigar Dave Officers Club. If you want to relax and enjoy a fine cigar, I've got the perfect suggestion for you. Let's face it, as alpha males, we enjoy the good life, the alpha male lifestyle. That includes cigars, spirits, dames, diversions, travel, golf, gambling, sports, grilling. But it's important to enjoy your life as an alpha. Never apologize for that. And one thing I never apologize for is being a cigar connoisseur. In fact, if you listen to our brother podcast, The Cigar Dave Show, you hear me expound on great cigars and great spirits. And we've got the Cigar Dave Officers Club that I created about 17 years ago as a way for members to receive three of the latest and greatest of the world of premium cigars shipped to them every month. For May, we had... 
three great cigars, two Gurkha Trentas, very limited edition sizes, that celebrates Gurkha's 30th anniversary. Gurkha known as one of the finest cigar manufacturers in the world. I mean, their slogan is the world's finest cigars. Their cigars, their packaging, their presentation, outstanding. So the Gurkha Trenta, we started off with two of those. Medium-bodied beauties to celebrate Gurkha's 30th anniversary. Notes of pepper, subtle sweetness. Very nice cigar. Then we featured a Gurkha Real, one of my favorites. Mild, creamy, very smooth, notes of vanilla, a little bit of sweetness. Very savory cigar. Can't go wrong. Ecuadorian Connecticut uh, wrapper, Dominican binder, Honduran Criollo 98 filler. Fabulous cigars. Can't go wrong. And for June... Our Officers Club members will be receiving, they're being shipped out this week, the Hoya de Monterey Excalibur Black. Brand new release from Hoya de Monterey. It features a super dark, almost a dark chocolate espresso American Broadleaf Oscuro wrapper. Ecuadorian Sumatra binder, Nicaraguan and Honduran Lajero tobaccos. The result, an emboldened blend fit for royalty. Nice savory combination of Honduran tobaccos, spicy Nicaraguan Lajero tobaccos, and that dark, oily, broadleaf, American broadleaf wrapper. Almost some sweetness on that. Just a beautiful cigar. And our members will be receiving that really amongst the first in the world. It's being released later this month, but our Officers Club members amongst the first in the world. When I talked to Ed Lehman, the brand manager for Hoy de Monterey Excalibur, we talked about some different cigars, and he said, you know, General, by the time June rolls around, I think our new Hoya de Monterey Excalibur Black may be available, and that's going to be a phenomenal cigar. Let me send you some samples and see what you think. So Ed sends me the samples. I fire them up. Magnificent. I mean, the, the wrapper is so dark chocolatey and oily looking, you want to eat it. You don't want to smoke the cigar. It's an exceptional cigar, and I said, Ed, got to do it. Love the taste. Love the aroma. It's just phenomenal to the end, so I'm pleased that our Officers Club members are amongst the first in the world to enjoy the Hoy de Monterey Excalibur Black. And we'll have great selections for the remainder of the year. So how do you join? Very simple. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club. All the questions you may have are there. Membership is month to month. You get three cigars, premium cigars, shipped to you in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. So don't wait. Give yourself a gift. Hey, you deserve it. You're an alpha male. You deserve it. If you're a wussified beta male, don't bother. But if you're an alpha male with nads of steel like me, then go to CigarDave.com right now. Click on Officers Club and join $22.95 per month. You will enjoy great cigars shipped to you every month. Different countries from different uh, wrappers, different complexions, mild, medium, full, spicy, sweet. You'll enhance your palate. And don't forget, make sure that you also listen to our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show uh, podcast as well. Do a search, and you will enjoy us talking great cigars, smoking great cigars, great spirits, everything to do with the world of cigars, you'll find it at the Cigar Dave Show podcast. Now, finally, American Airlines doled out, oh, in the years preceding the pandemic, I think the five years preceding, I believe they doled out $10 billion in dividends and share buybacks. Now, dividends, I can understand. You're throwing off cash. Okay, you want to you spiff your shareholders. I don't have a problem with that. But I have a problem with these share buybacks. It is nothing more than a con game for senior executives whose bonuses are tied to earnings per share for them to boost earnings per share without changing anything in the underlying business. Let me give you an example. Let's say that a business makes $1,000 at the end of the year, and there are 1,000 shares outstanding. Well, the normal way that public companies report is they would say, yes, we made $1,000. We had revenue of, let's say, hypothetically $5,000, and we had net income of $1,000 or a dollar earnings per share. Because what you do is you take the $1,000 and divide it by the 1,000 shares. Simple. 1,000 divided by 1,000 divided by is 1. Okay. So how does an executive, how are they able to increase their bonuses without necessarily increasing the underlying business dramatically? I'll tell you. Big racket. Big con game. Let's say, for example, now, 
you come out and say, look, over the course of this year, we have made $1,000, but we are going to buy back, we've authorized to buy back 50% of our shares. Well, what happens if you buy back? Let's say whatever the share price is, you're taking money that now would be flowing to the bottom line or cash flow, and you're using that to buy your own company shares. So if there's 1,000 shares and you buy 500 shares, now you only have 500 shares outstanding. So let's say you make the same $1,000 at the end of a year, but there's only 500 shares. So you divide 1,000 divided by 500. $1,000 profit divided by 500 shares, magically you have $2 earnings per share. So your earnings per share went up 100%. And now Wall Street says, that is wonderful. Oh. Mr. Executive, Mr. President, Mr. CFO, wonderful job. Your earnings per share have doubled. Congratulations, great job. They didn't double. It's the same net income, but they bought back their stock. So now it allows them to report a higher earnings per share. And if they have options, or they're able to buy stock at very low prices, or their bonus is tied to EPS, shareholder value, as I use in air quotes, well, what do you know? The executives get massive bonuses, big paydays. American Airlines doled out $10 billion in dividends and share buybacks to their stockholders. That's $10 billion that could be used for a rainy day. Even if you say, look, we're not gonna, we're gonna, we're not gonna keep all 10 billion, but you know what? We're going to take $4 billion and we'll dole that out to the shareholders over whatever, five years. And we're going to keep $6 billion in the bank for a rainy day. You never know what can happen. Did American Airlines do that? No. Did Delta do that? No. Did Southwest do it? No. Did United do it? No. None of them did it. None. So what happens? We have a worldwide pandemic. Airline travel gets shut down. And they squeal like little babies to the government. We need a bailout. We, we need to keep our employees. Help us. We, we have no money. This is unprecedented. Remember, we bailed all these airlines out after 9-11. After the attacks on the World Trade Center, the terrorist attacks, September 11th, 2001. We wrote massive checks to all these airlines. Many of them went bankrupt anyway. My answer to them would be, go bankrupt. If you've got to lay off your employees, so be it. Hate to say that, but that's the reality. Government shouldn't have to bail these clowns out, especially when they had $10 billion, of which they could have said, hey, we'll keep $6 billion for a rainy day. Delta did the same thing. I think they did $3, $4 billion of share buybacks and dividends. Maybe more. I think it was more, actually. And actually, I think I'm wrong. I think American did $12 billion or $13 billion. Maybe it was United. I maybe flip it. Whatever it is, they were massive amounts. So what happens? They've got to go get handouts from the government. They got a $4.1 billion grant. Let me, let me repeat that. They got $4.1 billion from you, the taxpayer, as, as a gift. And they said, well, we're going to use that to keep all of our employees on. And they did for a period of time, then that was it. Then they got a $1.7 billion low-interest loan. American gets that $1.7 billion low-interest loan which allows them to operate, use it for CapEx, or not CapEx, just capital, just expenditures in general, help them get through, and business starts to pick up. But they received almost $6 billion in pandemic handouts, including over $4 billion in a taxpayer gift. Now, how does American Airlines repay that gift to the American people? by increasing legroom, by increasing amenities, hell no. They're going to screw you like they've screwed traveling public since travel started booming back in 2010, 2011. They are going to screw you royally. And American Airlines, once again, under Doug Parker, who could be the worst CEO in airline history, maybe American business history. Well, maybe not American business, but he's in the top 100. Here's a guy that has, I think, two or three DUIs, yet the board of directors still allow him to be CEO. If a pilot got a DUI, they'd be fired. They have to take a P-test when they get their thing, and they're subject to random tests. 
You smell alcohol in their breath, boom, they're pulled, they get fired. Doug Parker, Doogie Parker as we call him, massive lush, big alcoholic, big, big, big drinker. Now, I don't know if he's cleaned his act up now, who knows? But there's no doubt he was an alcoholic at one time. Three DUIs, two DUIs, whatever it is. I'm sorry. Anything after one, if I'm the board, I'd say, you represent us. Unacceptable. You're gone. Goodbye. You made a mistake? Fine. We get it. You get treatment, get help. You do it again, you're out. No, because you have to remember, boards of directors for publicly traded companies in America are pussies. They roll over and acquiesce to the CEO, to the president, to the chairman of the board because they want to continue getting their hundred grand a year, their free travel, all the little perks and benefits and their shares that they're able to buy low. It's exactly what they want to do. They're not going to play tough with any of the senior executives. They should. And many companies that end up going down the tubes end up saying, well, wait a minute, where was the board? They should get sued. So this past weekend, America, American cancels 83 flights. Saturday, 123 flights. Sunday, 167. Monday, 97 flights. And people are left stranded all over the place. Now, they say they're cutting flights in part because they're short-staffed. Now, the taxpayer-funded bailout of over $4 billion was meant to prevent this from happening, where you would still keep employees on. In many cases, they had employee buybacks. They got rid of people. Now, many of the airlines are asking for volunteers from their corporate offices to go work the airports because they don't have enough people. But yet, they're adding more flights, taking planes out of storage. Now, Delta said that between now and next summer, they need to add 1,000 more pilots. So when you take a look, how does American manage this are they, they, and by the way, during the pandemic, they flew more than anyone. They packed their planes. They were flying more than any of the other airlines. So they should have been prepared. Are they prepared? The answer is no. They blame weather. They blame staffing levels. They blame maintenance. They blame everybody except they never blame their own executives. The executives never look in the mirror and say, enough's enough. There were people that were stranded that were on hold 21 hours to talk to a rep. And even... American's phone system. You'd call them, they'd say, please leave a callback number, and you'd leave your callback number. It would then call you, and you'd be on hold for two to four hours until an agent picked up the phone. That's not a way to run an airline. And people were swearing American off. And listen, I've talked to pilots, flight attendants, who have said that not only is American the lousiest airline in the sky today, they're one of the worst companies in business today. They hate Parker. They hate their senior executives and all the American Airlines pilots who like uh, just dumb lemmings back when they just were so fed up with their current management. They said, well, here's Doug Parker with U.S. Air. We can do a merger, and he's promised us this and this. The grass is greener on the other side. All the original American Airlines pilots hate him. They can't stand him. They realize they made a huge mistake. The U.S. Air pilots tried to warn him. Did the American Airlines pilots want to listen? Not one. They warned them. Doug Parker, one of the worst executives, not he's the worst executive in the airline industry, could be one of the worst American business, business executives today, period. They are clueless, absolutely clueless, people getting stranded. I was reading stories of people who were stranded coming back from an international flight, two days at the airport, not given vouchers. They were told, okay, you, you can take a flight uh, two days from now. A family that had, I think, a family of, of uh, six, two adults, four kids. They were all supposed to go from, I think, Texas to New York. They ended up getting split up on different flights. So they wanted the kids to travel separately from the adults, and the adults are like, no way. Absolute nonsense. It's a joke. Americans' own employees are fed up. Doug Parker should be fired. His senior executive team should be fired. How a guy that has had multiple DUIs and a major alcohol problem is still a CEO running a company is beyond me. I don't even know who, you know, let me do a quick search here, see who the American Airlines Board of Directors are to see where they are in this whole thing. And let's face it, air travel is, is just keeps getting worse. 
the American taxpayer bail out these airlines instead of a thank you? How about giving every American a voucher, every taxpaying American? Do they say thank you? Hell no. They just think that, hey, we need a bailout. The government, look, if I was President Trump, I would have called him in and said, you're not getting a bailout. Go Chapter 11. You lose employees, so be it. But then you had the ploy unions squealing and saying, oh, it's not fair, it's not right. Look, the bottom line is, I can tell you that American would have come out of bankruptcy, Delta would have come out of bankruptcy, and so would all the other airlines. United, any other airline, they could have gone through it. So let's take a look at who, who we have on here. James Alba, advisor, global advisory and asset management firm. Okay, so that means basically he's got nothing. Here's Jeffrey Benjamin, Senior Advisor, Cyrus Capital Partners. So he's not working. Here's Adrian Brown, Managing Partner, Flying Fish Partners. Got a female minority. Okay. John Cahill, Vice Chairman of Kraft Heinz. Great. They've got problems themselves. Here's Michael Embler, former CIO, Chief Investment Officer, Franklin Mutual Investors. Here's Matthew Hart, retired President, CEO, Hilton Hotels. Here's Susan Kronick, retired Vice Chairman, Macy's. Retail, disaster. But let's go hire somebody from there. Martin Nesbitt, co-CEO of the Vistria Group. Denise O'Leary, private venture capital investor. Let me translate that. She doesn't work anywhere, but uh, she basically created a company, and now she's a private capital investor. She's a woman. It works. Ray Robinson, non-executive chairman, Citizens Trust Bank, another minority. So they have one, two, three blacks on the board, and they have three females, including a black female. That's fine. No problem. Doug Steenlin, former president and CEO, Northwest Airlines. That I can see. Former guy in the business makes sense. And Doogie Parker, Douglas Parker, chairman and CEO, American Airlines Group and American Airlines. W stands for what the hell, or WTF. How this guy is still a executive is beyond me. But these are the clowns that run American Airlines. And when you look at them, I'll tell you, you may be former chairman of Macy's, retired vice chairman, you may be vice chairman of Kraft. None of these people should be on this board because I'll guarantee you they're doing nothing but looking to get their 75, 100 grand in free travel. They're not going to rock the boat. Not at all. They are non-responsive. And this is the problem with many boards today of public companies. They're just not responsive. They don't care. As far as I'm concerned, you ought to tie it to say, listen, you serve on a board, the company goes under, we can come after you personally. That would force every director to do their fiduciary responsibility and question the CEO, question the CFO, and say, what's going on here? If I were the board of directors right now of American, I would call an emergency meeting, and I'd bring the senior executives in front and say, what the hell is going on here? you got to get this fixed. I don't care what it takes. Get it fixed. But I'll guarantee you not one of them are saying a word because they're all incompetent nincompoops. That's why. Not a clue. So congratulations, American taxpayers. We bail out American Airlines for $6 billion and they screw the traveling public left and right. Ah, business is back to normal at American Airlines. As always, we're unabashed in our commentary. We're not politically correct. We don't care. We tell it like it is. If you find that offensive, too damn bad. We continue to spew the absolute truth. Be damned who gets offended. Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, alpha male-in-chief. Remember, never apologize for being an alpha male. Be proud. Have nads of steel. Live it up.